0: All right, you bunch of yahoos, strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity.
1: In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. Here I am with my co-hoax, the great predator Don Fry, and yours truly, Dan, to be severed. We're here to entertain, enlighten, offend, defend anybody and everybody. So put your man pants on, grab a cup of coffee or your beverage of your liking, and be ready to be infused with some manly masculinity.
0: Hey, you forgot the Quinn. You forgot oh, the oh, invite, I, Okay, uh, to there's there's our,
1: our feminine our feminine our,
0: aspect of the show. The feminine
1: show aspect of, of, of all this toxic masculinity, Quinn, <laughs> the, the lovely Sit Quinn. Shut yes. up, Quinn. Sit up, <laughs> And Say hi. Mr. Fry would you like to introduce our, our guest yes, sir. on this episode.
0: Yes, sir. We got a local boy here tonight, people. And uh, he's a local boy from Tucson. And then he escaped and went to Yuma. And then he came back to Tucson. And then he uh, ran off and joined the circus, I mean, the uh, Navy, and uh, <laughs> became a Navy SEAL and uh, protected our asses um for years doing that and now he's gonna go to looking to go to uh washington dc and protect our ass in a different way uh hopefully we have soon to be congressman eli crane how you doing sir
2: i'm doing great thanks for having me fellas this is uh this is pretty cool you know, getting to yeah, ha- ha- get hang out and chat with a couple uh, dudes you used to watch kick ass in the octagon uh when you were a kid, you know.
0: Don't yeah. say child or kid, come on. Well, I mean,
2: I think <laughs> I was like five or something <laughs> <laughs> You know, we we got
0: done uh at a pride fight over there in Japan one night, and uh, we were all on the bus, you know, they had all the fighters on the buses go back to the hotel. And BJ Pence says, Don, I used to watch you when I was twelve.
1: Fuck you, BJ. <laughs> oh man. That's well, crazy. the fact that you're still here, that's all that matters there, Don. The fact that you're still here, you're still upright, and you're still making your presence known.
0: Oh, I'm let me uh jump ship for a second here. Um I got news that BJ uh, DJ's father passed away here recently and uh Sorry to hear that boys. He was a good man. Yeah,
1: our sorry def- to hear our that. condolences go out yes, to the sir. family. All right. Well, wait a way to put a damper here, now now, 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 a that damper here right now. now that
0: we've killed the show, you go ahead and <laughs> take over, Mr. Sark. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, Eli, I get I I get today is my first time ever meeting you, so literally I'll be stew it from like a, almost like a fan perspective. So it says that you're born and raised here from the state of Arizona.
2: Yes, sir. That's correct. I was born in Tucson. Uh, raised uh, about two years old when my dad uh, was going to pharmacy school here. Um, he was from him and my mom were both from Iowa. Actually, came out here to go to pharmacy school and then. Uh, Did your
1: dad wrestle? I mean, because I always say because no, Iowa he, is a state of court fields, a wrestler. I okay. know, man.
2: He actually played foot. He played football and uh, and then uh, he. Brought us out here and uh, got a job in Yuma, Arizona. So we moved from Tucson to Yuma. He was a pharmacist. He was <clears throat> too smart to wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was a pharmacist, and uh, he did that in Yuma. And then I stayed there till I was about 18 years old. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, and then ended up coming over here to Tucson and uh, going to the U of A. And then uh, was starting my senior year down here in school. And then uh, 9-11 happened. I dropped out of school the next week and then joined the Navy. And uh, that started my career in the service and spent the next, like, 13 years uh, serving. And then as we were getting out, we actually moved the family back here to Tucson. My, uh, my wife's family still lives here in Tucson. And so um, we, we moved our business from uh, San Diego uh, back here.
1: I'm just curious because you said you had 13 years into uh, the navy at that
2: time. Yes, sir. usually what 20 years that you could actually retire with full benefits at that point. Most people, yeah, the smarter people do 20 and then they retire. But Nobody, like I said, no, nobody's dude. ever accused me of that. So, oh, well, wait a
0: second. Now I understand you've sold 20 million dollars worth of your uh, your company. Uh, yeah,
2: we we've been bl- we've been really blessed. Uh, we. Uh, we started a small business out of our one car garage in San Diego, making 50 cal bottle openers, like kind of like the ones you have back there, Don on the table. And, uh, that was back when most people had never seen them. And, uh, you know, a couple of years later after starting the business, I was still in the service when we started it, but, uh, we went on that show, the shark tank and, uh, I love that program. I <clears> yeah, it no, time. it's a, it's a great show. And, uh, the business uh, just blew up from there. And, uh, we, we started hiring a lot. I, I had to hire a lot of folks here in Tucson. We went from like six employees to 35 employees in two weeks. And did, did you get uh, a deal with uh, the Shark take? A yes, dip? sir, okay. we did. We well, got a deal.
1: Which, which one of the Sharks?
2: We got a deal with uh, Kevin O'Leary and Mark Cuban, both of those guys. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. He's actually a really cool guy. You know, it was interesting because you guys know being, you know, on TV enough yourselves that sometimes, you know, guys have on TV on air personas, yeah. but
1: Kevin always kind of reminds me more about, for professionals, more of the, the heel type of character. They're wonderful there, but to me, is I like go, he's out there for a reason. He's, yeah, he might be, do this character, but he's got to be a savvy business man. Oh,
2: he's extremely savvy. He's, you know, and uh, and all the all the companies I know that have gotten deals with him love him. He's he's a good man. He really cares about his company. So I just wish
1: they would do more of. Where are they at now? Because you see people that are on there, and they see the deals. Every now and then, they'll show a little flashback, but I wish they'd just do one or two episodes where they simply just show all these different people that have, maybe not all, but, but the ones that, that have got deals with various uh, sharks, whether it be one, two, or all of the sharks, just to see where are they at now because I think there's some great stories. I mean, you see more people that are foreigners that come to the United States that they're now on the program. And they're living the American dream to where they had nothing or yep. where they were. They could never even own that company, but now they're here in the United States
2: and they've turned themselves from rags to riches. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing I love about the show, you know, and it's another thing I love about the country. Right. You know, it is it, uh, I, I saw the stat like a while ago that a third of the millionaires produced in the United States every year, are actually immigrants. And I just think that's <laughs> awesome that if you come here with the right frame of mind, And willing to work your ass off and sacrifice, you know, you can live the American dream. I love it. But
1: don't you think, okay, because I look this way, most Americans simply take for granted all the privileges that we have.
2: 100%. I mean,
1: we're in this room, we have. Electricity that works. We have running water that comes out of our tap. We have functional sanitation restrooms and things of that nature. But you've know. proven, thank God. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the reality is, there's a lot of countries, they don't have water that they, they could drink. They don't have access to to food and health care and the whole nine yards. And, and Americans just don't really realize how good we have it. There's, yeah. I think I would tell people that. I, you know, having that privilege of being able to travel to so many different four countries, I know why people are coming to the United States. This is as as many times as I kind of beat up America because I want people to wake up, but I beat up America because it's kind of going, there's a reason why everyone's coming here. It is truly the land of opportunity.
2: 100%. You know, and um, that's one of the reasons that on 9 11 I decided to join the, the military and, um, you know, go serve and go fight for it because I know that freedom isn't free. I know that's cliche. I know we say it a lot, but it's true. Not
1: a lot, Most Americans, they don't understand that. And they, they don't realize that because there's just, I hate to say it, there's a lot of Americans that they're arrogant asses. Yeah. And yet, do they have any calluses on their head? Do they have any dirt underneath their fingernails? Have they ever worked a hard day in their life? I mean, it's, uh, you know, have they ever served? I, I you... You said you were in college at the time, and you dropped or or yeah, you're in college. College, yeah. How, how far along were you in your program of study? I was a,
2: just starting my senior year.
1: Really, your senior yep. year, so be I mean, that was your final year. and You dropped out. Yep. What uh, what what you feel is it like about uh, today's youth? Um, do you think do you think that upon high school graduation, do you think they should really just go to college? Or do you think they should take maybe a year or two off, go into the military because other countries it's mandatory. Right, they have to go in for I think two a lot, lot of countries, and then after that, sure, go out and, and go into uh, go into military, do or RB to I mean, uh, go go back and uh, do whatever you want, to college stuff like that. But uh, see, my, my two cents first first before I come right back to you. My two cents is most high school kids. They go out to college. And Barber Dad's not there now. So now without the supervision of Barber Dad, they go crazy. Right. So now you got all kinds of more excessive drinking, partying the whole nine yards, and usually barber dads flipping the bill for college. Right. And they you know, they're not exactly applying themselves. So I mean I just I just think that for one or two years, mature them. Teach them the fact that freedom is not free.
2: Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying, and for me, I I just don't like the fact that it's kind of sold as the end all be all destination next step for everybody because college isn't for everybody. Oh, I totally agree. I, I know that there are certain jobs and careers where you have to have that college yep. degree, and but however, I see you know a lot of these kids getting pipelined into something that was never really for them uh, anyway, and they end up in a mountain mountain of debt. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad. And then, and then even many of them get that degree and whatever they get their sociology or whatever they get their degree in. Um, and then they get out and they can't, they can barely, you know, get a job, get a well-paying job, let alone pay off now pay off all that, you know, the hundred thousand dollars of debt they have. And so that's what I, I wish that, you know, more kids understood that it's not the only way to go. There are, many ways to, you know, skin the cat. And I also wish the institution of academia didn't push that on our kids. Like, that's the only way. No,
1: totally agree that uh, that every, every high school kid thinks they have to go to college. It's be. it's like going, no, I, it's, uh, you know, heavy ha- children, I, I started to tell my kids, as as I kind of smart up to situation, like, this is not the way they should do it. It's like, upon high school graduation, go get a job for a year or two. Right. And reali- realize how much you hate your boss, you hate your job. So now when you go to college, oh, you're going to apply yourself. You're not going to be worried about all this partying or all this uh, this, that, and the whole other thing. You'll be a little more specific what you're looking for. I think more we need more people going into the trades as well because that's something that we're lacking in. We need more plumbers and electricians and just people and, and, and all sorts of skilled labor. Type of situations
0: well right. somebody's gonna hold the horses right right
2: <laughs> well and and that's the other thing too i think that um the narrative is is that if you go into the trade you're not educated so you're not smart yeah. and i don't think i don't think a lot of young men young women want that label or that branding put upon them even though in many cases you can actually make you know better money going into yeah. the trades um and i think you 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 also can have a lot more stability because fewer and fewer people want those careers, but those, you're always gonna have uh, job stability in those careers because you're always gonna need a plumber, right? You're always gonna yeah. need an electrician. You're yeah. always gonna need you know, those, we had those one, things.
1: Uh, just earlier, That arrived here at FitzFry's yeah. uh, home. Yeah, so.
2: buddy of mine, yeah, but hell,
0: uh, Rick Renzi, a buddy of mine, he was a congressman um, about a decade ago and uh we went to the 84 olympics together in la anyways back then he called a plumber because one of his kids shoved the toy down the toilet you know and the plumber came in and says you know just pulled it out and you know that'd be 75 bucks he's what and he says yeah 75 bucks Walked walk through the door he's put that damn thing back in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> you know that's 20 years ago 40 years ago shit right and you know people don't understand and when I left, I left college, I, I went to horseshoeing school, you know? After, after I was a fireman in,
2: I was a fireman
0: in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then couldn't afford to live there, so we left. And um, I took my, my, my wife to my parents' house, and I went off to horseshoeing, Oklahoma horseshoeing school. And, uh, you know, did their program. And uh, came back, and I made a lot more money shoeing horses you know, and a lot of people who were teaching school.
2: Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, like you said, you know,
0: trade is, trade is not, not a shame to do a trade job. You know, it's actually a lot of pride in it.
2: Yeah. And I also, yeah, I also wish that, you know, uh, more young people, because I'll admit when I was going, growing up and I thought I was too stupid to start a business because, you know, I never applied myself in school. I never really got good grades, but... I wish that more and more kids understood that that was an op- option as well, because I think that, uh, uh, just, you know, working for corporations, working for the government, working for myself, I think that's one of the most satisfactory careers that you can have is working for yourself. It's one of the hardest, but you know, I think it that, is because uh, you wear all the hats, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think too, if a lot more people tried to start their own business, um, you would have a lot more people that would be, you know, respectful of business owners, respectful when they walk in, you know, to a, to a right. restaurant and don't, you know, aren't throwing silverware in their purse or whatever, because you know that that stuff doesn't grow on trees. Right. You know, who, who came up with the idea though, of, of making a 50 cal,
1: uh, into a bottle per?
2: Yeah. Who I, I didn't come up with that idea. Matter of fact, um, I know you guys have traveled all over the world, but my little brother was a pilot in the Marine Corps. He flew helicopters and, uh, he went to the Philippines and brought me back a 50 cal bottle opener from the Philippines. <laughs> and, uh, I thought it was one of the cool, coolest gifts I'd ever received. And so, but I never saw him in the States. And so I was like, you know, I think, I think we could make this thing better. And cool. so I started working on it and uh, made it, made it, made it a little bit better. And then, uh, asked my wife if she could help me sell them online. Cause she was selling stuff online uh-huh. and she did. And it started, it started to quickly build and build and build. And then it, you know, started blowing up. And we were like, holy cow, man, people love these things. So we just kept at it. And then a couple of years later, we were on Shark Tank.
0: And you sold $20 million in <laughs> one year or?
2: No, the 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 highest year we've ever had was over 5 million. But we've I actually looked into it the other day. And I think we've done over 23 million in sales um, since uh, 2000, uh, 2013. And you still have that product today? Yes, sir, we oh, do. Oh, cool. Yep. It's called uh, bottlebreacher.com. So it's it's really just a bunch of gifts, especially for, you know, primarily for men. But most of them are like, you know, big, large caliber rounds that can open your beer or a grenade that opens your beer, whiskey bullets. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's great conversation pieces. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's like <laughs> when you go to the c- complaint department. They've got that grenade that says, right. <laughs> yeah, t- take a number. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, what, what, uh, what brought you then to... Want to dabble into politics, of all things, because politics is a
2: very <clears throat> ugly field. Yeah. No, it, it is. I just love this country. Um, and uh, back then, when I joined the Navy, it, like I said, it was a week after 9-11. That's where the fight was. Yeah. Um, today, the fight, I think, is in culture. And one of the verticals of culture is politics. And there's, you know, uh, just because of where I'm at in my life you know when you campaign uh for congress or whatever you're campaigning for you don't get paid for it so you have to have a little bit of financial stability to do it um it has to be something that i think you're passionate about so I, i'm definitely passionate about it um and i also have a pretty solid pretty strong family my wife has been with me the entire time i've been it was in the seal team so She did three deployments, holding the fort down, keeping the, you know, watching the kids. Um, And so we have a pretty strong marriage, and I think that that's a part of it as well. If, you know, if things were out of whack in my life, there's no way I'd be doing this, but I'm at a place in my life where I can do it. I think it's that important. I think uh, so many of our politicians have, you know, just sold us down the river because they don't have the the character. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't have the courage to step up and do the right thing. And so... um, you know, looking at my looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm, I'm I gotta ask myself: Have I done everything I can to make sure that my kids and the next generations grow up with freedom and prosperity? And if I don't try and do this, the answer is no, and that's not something that I'm okay with.
0: Yeah. Now, what about the other? Uh, there's a Navy SEAL, as a congressman in Texas, got right, yep. the eye patch.
2: Yep, there's a his name is Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. We were actually in the same task unit at SEAL Team 3. Were you? Yep.
0: Good. Cuz he's um kind of questionable now, is he? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think he's been upsetting some people lately, you know, with some of the positions he you know, he, some of the positions he's taken and you know, um that's, you know, he he can he gets to play this any way he wants to, just like everybody else and You know, I mean, I tell people all the time that just because you're a veteran doesn't mean, you know, you're not going to go astray or it doesn't mean you're not going to sell it out. But I will say this, that if at one point in your life you were willing to die for it, it makes it harder to sell out. Sure as hell does. So um, I do like to see veterans running. I know there's at least 60 veterans running in this next cycle. Um, And there's I think there's at least seven SEALs running. There's at least three to four Green Berets that I know of, um, and, and plenty of others. And the reason I like that is, like I said, um, when you're willing to die for it, it does you know that means something to you, and it, it is harder to it is harder to sell out. But you know, when I look back at but the it's still hist- possible, yeah, 100%. When I look back at the history of our country after World War II, over 50% of Congress were, were veterans, right? And I think that's one of the re- one of the reasons we were in a better spot. You know right. than we are today. So,
1: at okay. What do you think about? i to throw just some random questions you left and right here at you. But uh, how about term limitations on uh, different people in, in, in various offices? It, I think
2: know, it. I think it should be a thing.
1: To me, I look at if, if the president can only serve two. two terms.
2: Yeah. So I don't think they'll ever. I don't think there will ever be. I don't think it'll ever happen because the people that have to vote on that are the ones, are the the ones that <laughs> benefit from yeah. not having term limits. Oh yeah. No, okay. Would you
1: see people like a Nancy Pelosi?
2: Yeah. What 50, 40 50 years? I mean
1: yeah. she she's she's 80 some years old now. Yep. Yep. What does she know about the real world anymore? No. She no, lives in a gated did. community. Yeah. And yeah, she wants to, you know, but but that's I I can't say that bad things.
2: What you can what you can do cuz I'm big I'm big on focusing on what I can control and uh-huh. not worrying as much about what I can. What I can control is myself. I've already signed a pledge saying, you know, that I support term limits and, and I'm not going to, I'm not. And that, that that doesn't mean anything if my word isn't and my integrity isn't there. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to do more than three to five terms anyway. To tell you the truth, I never wanted this job anyway. I When I look at, first of all, Living half the year in Washington DC, a place that I don't mind touring the place, but I don't want to live there. Right. Um, You've been there I, many times
1: I, I know exactly what you're okay, talking
2: about. Okay, so so there's that. And then when I look at, you know, uh, what that what that job entails, you know, meetings all day long, getting drugged through the mud, having people, you know, trash your reputation, and then, you know, a lot of the things that they have to do, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a glamorous, glorious you know, wonderful life to me. It seems like a pain in the ass. However, it's important because so much, so much of how, you know, what governs our lives and what we, what we can and can't do. And, um, like even right now, what's going on on Capitol Hill, we have 30, over $30 trillion in debt and they keep trying to run up the tab, run up the tab, run up the tab. And, that affects us big time. It, it, it's destroying our dollar. It's mm. destroying the bu- our buying power as consumers. And so if I can be in that room, if I can put myself through this, get elected and then be in that room when those, when the next stimulus package is coming up or the next spending bill is coming up, you know, and I can, and I can take a hard no vote on that. You know, that it's just one guy, it's just one vote, but out of 435, you know, votes, if you get enough people that say, nope, we're not going to, we're not going to sell, we're not going to sell our, grandkids out like that mm-hmm. because somebody's going to have to pay for that. That, that, that that's going to come. Yeah. So we got to pay the ball first. You bet. Or we straight up go bankrupt with, which is probably more, more likely anyway, but it's just, um, it's just a disaster up there. And I think at the end of the day, the answer is sending more people with courage and character. I don't think it's though, though I know these things are important. Education's important. Intelligence is important experience, those things are all important. But I, I don't think that's why we are where we're at. I just think that typically the people that want to get into politics, um, you know, want power and, you know, they want, they, they, they're doing they, it for reasons. Yeah, reason. exa- exactly. Or you're so, doing
0: it for the good of the country.
2: Yeah. And, you know, honestly, this is also a really bad time in my life. You know, as you guys are both fathers, um, my kids are 14 and 10 years old. Yeah. This is not a good time for me to do this this is it, it and and it, so i feel torn it, as a dad but i also believe that if not an we're i feel like we're at a precipice like a tipping point and if we if we don't reverse course quickly i feel like it, it could completely just crash and burn May, you know maybe maybe there's folks out there that dis- disagree with that but i just think that the united states of america as great as it is can only withstand so much corruption so much debt um and, and, and so much evil. And, uh, yeah, I think a lot of that takes, you know, a lot of the epicenter of that is Washington, D.C. So. Well,
0: going back to Pelosi, you know, um, years ago, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I saw once on the news, um, you know, that that train from San Francisco to L.A., a billion-dollar contract, which is over budget and behind schedule. Right. Once I saw... Pelosi construction, you know, and then it was gone. It was off the air, you know. And so, <laughs> hell, yeah, how the hell does that get a billion dollars over budget, you know? Yep. And, you know, she's just waxing her own ass, you know.
1: They disabled our money. See, when you see these politicians, they get into office and they were only at this level of finances in their life. Yep. And then, what a couple of terms later, they're way up here. Yeah. Uh Yeah, no,
2: it's that was the difference with uh, true.
0: President yeah. Trump. He came in as a billionaire and he lost money right. in, in the 4
1: years, you know. Well, the, man, was the man wasn't taking a paycheck either. I think right. he was actually donated it to yeah, some calls was. or something like right. that. He was. Yeah. So, I mean, I look he at the, solid well, do, you,
2: do you think Biden is uh taking a salary? <laughs> yeah. His <laughs> son, know. his son is uh
0: taking a salary.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and that that just goes back to what I was saying about character. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's, to me, that's the big issue. It's character. I mean, you know. What you
1: you said earlier, though, I actually, again, I I still think that there's going to be more qualifications for these individuals that are are running for office. I like the fact that you're, you've got a military background. Yeah. You, you, okay. You've actually built an old company yourself. you heard me say before, I want more of these politicians to have a business background so they understand this is the United States. It is still a business. We can't be in debt like this. Sooner or later, someone's got to pay the piper. Right now, when you got people that keep racking up this bill, it's got to be paid. Do it. They're not doing any true justice to the United States and to its people. Well, Why? Place give. There's no. There is no such word as free.
2: Right. Everything will cost you something. Yep. Something that uh, my parents taught me, and um, but. Back to your point, it's fiscal responsibility, yeah, and that's. To, I agree with you. I think that if we had more business owners, um, in you know, uh, as elected officials, it would be different because as a business owner, you can't just uh, print money. Right. you can't print more money. You have to make. You have to make money. Spend you know, spend what you have, and sometimes you sometimes you have to borrow money, but you got to pay it back. And that type of fiscal. Fiscal responsibility in, 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 in a real world. In, in the
1: real world, yes. And using words like responsibility when other people are thinking, No, nah, nah, we can continue to spend it. You know, we'll just let it go out to somebody else. Yep. That's yep. uh and pass on that kind of debt to the next generation, next generation, that's 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 not fair. Someone along the lines that gotta kind of do the right things. And again, I am not sure to say that uh, the swamp is, is uh I mean I think there's, there's a lot more corrupt people in there than what, what, what meets the eye, and uh, we need more good people that are doing the right thing. So I, I I like the fact that you're military because, again, as you said before, you understand, you know, what freedom means and uh, to, to know that uh, people you want to do, you know, they, they pay the ultimate price with their life.
2: Yeah, you know, um, this is what I tell people because I, I look at this through the lens of a, a voter and a citizen first, not, you know, not a candidate first. And what I say is, hey, this is what I think we should all be looking for right now when our country is in trouble. Look look at candidates that have a lineage and a history of doing the right thing when they felt like it might cost them. That's what you want because – um, it, it's easy to do the right thing when you think you're going to come out on top yeah. and you think it might, might break the other way and it, it's, it's not going to work out for you. That's when, you know, you re- that's when you really find out what somebody's character is. And so when you're looking at these candidates out there, Hey, if they went to Harvard, that's fantastic, but. You know, show me a time in your life where you did the right thing, knowing that there was a good chance that it might cost you. If you can show me a history and a lineage of that, you got my vote all day long. I really don't care as much what school, what Ivy League school you graduated exactly. from. And so I think I think that a part of it is, you know, the people that we send. But a part of it, too, is as voters, educating ourselves and looking for the right things.
0: Yeah, some ways be. Uh, willing to take the opportunity to take the chance to fail, yeah. You know, like like what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it could go the good or bad, but you know, if you don't take the chance to fail at something, you know, what the hell are you
2: when are you showing us? Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys both did that. Like I watched both of you guys get in the octagon. What did, <laughs> what, did what did what that feel like? You know, not only knowing that you could fail, but. Knowing that you could get fail in front of everybody, fail in front of everybody, <laughs> get, get pretty beat up, pretty hurt, yeah. you know? Yeah, it didn't, didn't feel good all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, I still remember watching that fight of you uh, with that big Asian dude with the, the Talk, blonde, bl- blonde hair. Dude, right, I, oh, that's again, the most just,
1: match in uh, combat history. I was just like, what the hell is going
2: on here? This uh, is fantastic.
1: <laughs> but, I told this story before a number of times that I, I did not watch the match until like a couple of weeks later. And I'm seeing this. I'm I finally called that up. I go, Don, what was going through your mind? <laughs> other than talking about his fist at the time, because yeah. they were doing like this. It was like a game of uh like a game of chicken. Right. They literally they got to the point that they're holding each other's head with a collar tie and are punching each other's faces, kind of like going, I'm punching in the face, you son of a bitch. Are you gonna give up? And Don's like going, No, I'm gonna keep punching you in the face until you give up, you son of a bitch. I'm thinking, yeah. Who won? Well, the, the 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 audience won because they witnessed something. They will never ever see again because that was simply incredible.
2: Yeah, no, we. I definitely won on that one because I got to watch it, and I still can go watch it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That that one will go down in, in you know in history. Yeah, that
0: guy. God bless him. He um, severed his spinal cord in a pro wrestling match. Did he? Yeah, and
1: doing one of the most simplistic moves that you could ever think of. It just it surprised me, but uh, you, it just goes to show you that professionals sure it, it it it's like a play it, it there's a there's a uh it's acting it's uh these are stunt men stunt women but uh the risk of injury is always going to be there because they are def- they're doing such incredible athletic maneuvers yeah. you know all the time yeah. and if they go wrong something goes wrong did he, people d- can did he hurt. die
2: Dan? no so sir he just he's just, just uh, quad- quadriplegic yeah
0: yeah, yeah, that's him. awesome. He's a great guy. Was he? So, yeah.
2: Did you yeah. get a? Did you get a talk to him after that fight? Uh, yes, sir. We
0: got the same after the fight. We um, yeah, at the, the uh, arena, you know, the stadium. Uh, shit, it's probably what about a seventy thousand seat? Uh, no, I'm a liar. Oh, uh, I think it's only a fifty thousand seat arena, and uh, so there's forty some thousand, you know, because. Well, not even fifty thousand seat because they got the floor. Um, it was sold out. You know, forty eight thousand people. And then you know, there's different levels on this arena. And so downstairs uh, is where all the locker rooms and the doctors and all that. So we go walking. Uh, we're walking down the hallway uh, to get to the bus, and he comes out of the, his locker room. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> you know. And he's like, Don San, I'm very sorry. And I said, for what? And he says, for not giving you a better fight. I said, Are you crazy?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you going to kill me. Right.
1: <laughs> you know? That's great. That's the first yeah. time I ever heard that yeah. one. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Uh, he he became a national hero and he deserved it. You know, yeah, he deserved no, that,
2: it. That was awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, they they made him he was became the world champion of the top three pro wrestling uh, organizations over there, you know?
2: Now, how cool yeah. would that have been if you could have just had a beer with them afterward? <laughs> yeah, we did.
0: It. Well, uh, well there's a party afterwards, you know. Okay. They, they, they all the fighters have to go to the party. Okay. You know, because they 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 sell a ticket to the party. You ah, know. Ah, gotcha. So that's gotcha. more money for the for the organization. The UFC yeah. used to
1: do the exact same thing where uh, people would go to the just we we called the after it the after party but but it's, uh, it could be like a black tie but we always refer to it as the black eye affair <laughs> because most of the guys that showed up they had a they had a shiner or two yeah there you go yeah, yeah, awesome. back yeah. when we were
0: fighting you know it was a joke is uh, you'd either go to the after party or you go to the hospital yeah then also we could have went to could have went to jail because
1: yeah yeah the boots to him. it <laughs> So I'm all for uh, term limitations and uh, put a cap on how much each candidate can spend. So it's fair across the board because when when you see millions and millions of dollars going for each candidate, yeah, to to shovel no, just hundred thousand dollars. That's it. Right. And you got your 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 ten commercials. That's it. Right. Right. So if you're a piece <laughs> of shit, you're just a piece yeah, of shit. Yeah. I don't care if you want to run the, the next hundred commercials that yeah. shows you. What I, really, what I really despise, and as far as I know, I, I think we have former President Obama to thank for this, is there was a point in time when newspapers, radio, our media, they had to do fact-checking. No. If you reported something incorrectly, you and your company is now held liable. To where now, you have people that out now out just blatantly lie, yeah. And there's no accountability for them lying. That, what? Who voted on this one? How? Who? Who ran this one through? I mean, again, was this all Obama's doing? That's. I mean, I've simply told, was told if this was this happened underneath Obama's uh, reign.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not honestly sure about that, but I do. I do know that. So much of the quote-unquote news is just straight up propaganda. But I will tell you this: um, over the last couple of years, you had that one, you had that one thing go down with Nick Sandman, where where it was that that rally, and he was a, you know, he was accused by the media of, you know, disrespecting, uh, I think it was that Indian guy or whatever, and they were lying about it, and he ended oh, up yeah. getting a settlement of like I think it was like over two hundred million dollars. And then now you got Kyle Rittenhouse who has just hired the same lawyers that he had. And so that's good to see. I like seeing people that I like seeing these corporations that have become fake news or propaganda machines mm-hmm. actually get hammered for, you know, the, the yeah, the they've been untouchable for so long. Right. Right. You know, it's good. To, it's good to see that for sure. Absolutely. Will they change their ways? I doubt it. Yeah. but well, we'll they,
0: see As long as, People keep buying their damn paper, you know, or buying the commercials. You know. Well,
2: their ratings are in the tank. Their ratings are, like, CNN's ratings are in the tank. And, uh, Could they should be. They're yeah. garbage. Um, a lot of people's ratings are in the tank. And I, th- I think that's one of the cool things about having a bunch of, you know, media like this, even, you know, a, a podcast where people just realize that, hey, I can't get the truth over there anymore because they have no more integrity. But, you know, I'll go listen to these 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 guys, these clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, we knew you were going to say it. I saw it. <laughs> I, I heard you. already formulating the word uh,
0: cl- uh, These guys,
2: <laughs> nah, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna watch my p's and q's around a couple UFC legends. You know.
0: Uh, yeah, you got to respect your elders. Right? That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> Watch it there, Dad. Watch it. Watch it.
0: His grandfather joining that when, you know, he went to, he was four classes behind you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So, I mean, Eli, you, you're, you're running on the uh, conservative, Republican uh, format? And, yes, sir. Uh, okay. Yes,
2: sir. I'm an America First candidate. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I love this country, man. I'm, uh, I'm uh, definitely big on securing the border. Um, my, my number one thing though, my number one thing is definitely election integrity. I think that that, when I look at it, I triage it like what's going to kill us first. I think if we don't get our elections, uh, tightened up, that's, you know, it's going to kill us really quickly because at the end of the day, what this really has always been about is who has the power. Right. Is it, is it the political elites or is it we, the people, you know, and if, if we don't have, if we don't, and honestly, it's not even about whether my guy wins or not. It's about all of us believing that our elections are uh, tightly run, secure, and at the end of the day, when an election is final, we can both walk away—you know, Democrat, Republican, Independent—and say, "Okay, that—that that was, that's who won." Yeah. But right now, it it's not—it's it's, it's, it's not, right? not that way, and that's—that's that's a problem.
1: Oh, during, during the election process with uh, you know with Biden Trump, I drove through probably. 30 different states doing different things. I saw Trump posters, Trump signs, Trump flags. You, David, I see all this stuff. I
2: think I see two Biden-Harris yard signs. Yeah, nobody nobody was fanatic. Nobody was fanatical about Biden. I mean, the guy didn't know where he was half the time. Um, you know, he was a constant gaffe machine, constantly saying things that didn't make any sense at all. He campaigned out of his basement. It was almost like there was no sense of urgency. And, you know, it's really hard for me to believe because I remember when Obama ran. I was never an Obama fan, but I will tell you this. I can remember people being excited about him. I can remember that. And um, it's really it's just really hard to believe with everything that we saw go down on during the election. And even before the election, knowing that watching uh, folks in the media say, hey, stay away from the elections. They can be super spreader events. Just knowing that there were going to be more, um, you know, uh, not absentee ballots, but more uh, mail-in ballots in our elections than there ever had been before, you know, that's that is prime, that is prime time for fraud, and everybody knows it. There's a lot of countries around the world that don't even allow that um, because of just all the, you know, potential for fraud it creates. And so, um,
0: well, like Afghanistan, you know, they get, ink, they get an ink thumbprint, you know. I mean, how come we're not doing that? Yeah. Well, if they're I, ahead of us. I
2: think there's a lot of people that don't want secure elections. You I know, think there's a know. lot of people that want our elections to be wide open to create the opportunity for fraud. Right. And honestly, guys, it's when I look at it, even even most Democrats, they don't, uh, most Democrats, I would say, aren't radical leftists. They're not radical leftists. You know, we may disagree on you know, plenty of things, but I don't think even most of them want socialism, right? And that's where this radical leftist party is going. Right. They're going towards socialism. Well, and, they're already there. Oh yeah, they, <laughs> they are. Well, they're driving the rest of us there, and and so I just don't think that, you know, I don't think that they can be transparent, you know, really about what their platform is, and I don't think that I don't think that most of them and I'm talking about radicals here. I'm talking about the minority, but they happen to be driving the party. I don't think they believe they can win a straight up election because they know that the majority of the country is not, Right. they're not aligned with their platform.
0: Well, look at the shit that's going on now with the, Grocery stores being half empty, you know, uh, the supply chain being worn out. That's that socialism and communism, people. I mean, if, if you're happy, you know,
1: And inflation, When you look at the price of uh, food and
2: uh, yeah, the
0: goods, so I mean, it's skyrocketed. Yes, pack your shit and go somewhere else because I don't want it in my country. I, want I don't.
2: It. I know. I don't want it. I don't want it here either. And uh, you know, inflation. That's something that we're definitely going to have to deal with. Sooner or later, I mean, if you could just print your way, if you could just print your way out of debt, if you could print your way towards prosperity, every com- country in the world would do it. And that's what our government is acting like right now. Um, and it's just, it's it's really unfortunate because at the end of the day, you know, the little guy is the one that pays the most. The little guy that lives paycheck to paycheck that shows up at the gas pump or goes to buy a gallon of milk, that's who pays the most. And it's just, it's unfortunate to watch so many um, you know, politicians and uh, what I would call elites who it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter if gas doubles in price. They're so wealthy, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, they're not driving a car in the first place. They'll be chauffeured around. E- exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. They're, not,
0: they're not, they got an expense account. You know, I bet when you you get there to D.C., you'll find out, you don't have any expenses, you know. Your your housing is going to be paid for. Your meals will be paid for. You know, uh, your fuel will be paid for because you you have a chauffeur.
1: You you'll, know, you'll be wide denied by special interest groups.
2: Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, if 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 that's true, and I don't, you know, I'm I'm sure there's going to be perks, but right. um, I I'm. My taking my friend Don Fry to dinner better be paid for. I'm gonna make sure take this guy. Yeah, no, I'm gonna take this guy. I'm gonna uh, on on their on their on their dime. I'm gonna take this guy, and you can bring this old old fellow with you too. We'll go out for a nice steak dinner, dude.
0: (laughs) Because you know if if you're making the rules, yeah, you're gonna make the rules to benefit you. And that's why, that's that's why there's
2: no, it's, you you know, it's unfortunately it's human nature. So if you can, if you can get, you know, if you can get, start flooding the zone with men and women with integrity and character, which is what I keep coming back to. If you can get more, more of us in there, it's just going to be better. It's going to be better. It doesn't mean that I don't think that any government's ever going to usher in some utopia just because we're all I, I believe we're all sinners and we're all screwed up anyway. Um, but I, I do think, you know, um, I'm, I'm really hopeful that more and more people that love this country um, were willing to die for it at some point, you know, or realize what's going on and are willing to, uh, you know, go serve again.
1: I didn't realize when you said earlier all the different former military personnel that are actually going into uh, seeking out different uh, elected type of offices. I think that's fantastic because, again, you have you served, whether, whether it be for a four year or, or, or more type of uh, time frame, you are there. You went through boot camp. I mean, I again, I, I look at that. Our generations, uh, different generations of. Uh, People in the United States, they don't have any. Uh, they're not really squared away in right. life, right? And I, I, I think that again, as I said before, where I think the <laughs> high school graduates should go into military for at least a minimum of two years before going going and doing anything else. Because for for two years, let somebody really yell at you, right. make you make your bed, right, and uh, clean up. Well, Otherwise, they don't do that
0: anymore, but, Dan. But there's re- with, they get stress cards, right? Oh, no, yeah. If, it's
1: if if it, you just, <laughs> so Bob or Dad is called a timeout out No, you get a timeout
0: out No, when you're in basic training, if you're upset because the the is yelling at you, you can hold a stress card and he's gonna back off, right?
2: I've heard that. Okay, I've never, I've, I, never, I, watched, I've never witnessed it, but this, right but I, I've heard it's it. Is this true? Yes, I've yes. heard yes. it. I've heard they've it. They've changed it, they've changed basic training so much. And and meanwhile, and this is where it gets scary, guys. Meanwhile, the Chinese, the Russians, they're not doing Man, any of they're that. They're getting crap. tougher, yeah. And and I don't know if you guys saw the story this morning, but I was going through my you know newsfeed this morning. I saw that uh, one of the top Iranian generals was at a uh, Soleimani uh, remembrance day. <laughs> Soleimani was I think that I think that was his name. The the the, the, the Trump the guy that yeah. he was <laughs> in the chief of like the Cuds force or whatever. Yeah. And he uh, President Trump. Um, k- killed him, as, you know. Killed him overseas, and so he, he, this top Iranian general, just said at the rally that we are going to strike the U.S. so hard within the within the U.S. that they'll never forget. You know this. You know the you know the revenge that we're about to inflict on them. He said it publicly, and it's like after watching what happened with our pull out of Afghanistan, knowing that we don't have a southern border, knowing that the Democratic Party has been trying to defund the police watching Merrick Garland, who's the head of our Department of Justice, say that parents are domestic terrorists for showing up to school board meetings right. and saying that, you know, getting fired up because they don't want their kids to be taught critical race theory and all the other crap that goes on in academia. How, do you guys have any faith that we're going to be able to stop that attack from no, coming? I don't.
1: No, no I mean, how I many people always slipped across that border to where when it comes time to launch that uh, uh, attack attack? It eternally here in the United States it will happen. Oh, I, I totally agree with oh, what fuck you're saying. Four years
0: ago they picked up a couple of uh, Middle Eastern guys down there in um, Patagonia, you know.
2: It actually happens all it happens all the time. And right. here's the thing, those prayer are just rugs, the guys yeah. that get those get are just caught. the guys that get picked up. Yeah. Exactly. If you go talk to any of the, you know, you know, border patrol guys, they'll tell you they only get a percentage of the folks that come yes. through.
0: Yeah, they they raid they raid a little black camp and they'll find prayer rugs, you know.
2: Yep. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's stuff that, and this is the thing about so much, this is the thing about so much freedom and prosperity that we've had here is that yeah, you know, as, a, as athletes, you guys and fighters, you guys understand this probably better than most, but if, if you're on living on easy street all the time, if you're, if you're never getting in there sparring, getting your tail whooped, you know, never dealing with adversity when you, you know, you're not going to be ready you know, it, you're not going to be ready when the time is, is you when know, shit when, when shit hits the fan. And I've, I've, that's one of the things that bothers me so much about this generation and Americans and even my friends. It's that it, it, a, lot, a lot of folks, and they're just good people wanting to live their lives, but we, we have it so good and we're so complacent. Right. You think that it could nothing could ever happen to it, and that's not the case. No, it's like Rome. I mean, read a damn <laughs> read a damn history book. Yeah. read a history book. Every you know, every great empire, you know, not everyone, but most of them end up collapsing from within because mm-hmm. of their own stupidity, their own greed, their own corruption, and that's yep. what you're seeing going on here. Right. So. Well, again, yeah, you have to. Uh
1: take a little bit of great grain of salt, the, the educational system inside the United States, I mean, when you look at what is being taught, yeah. I, I have a do I started off in construction engineering at Arizona State for the first couple of years, then I switched over to College of, of uh, Technology, basically, I'm a shop teacher, or right. it's glorified a glorified teacher. I've done a lot of substituting at all kinds of schools. I am shocked what is being taught. But when you look at something, because I, I get brought a lot of time as being the the physical education. I don't know why I'm labeled <laughs> as a PE teacher right there, but, right. but I've done a lot of physical education. Too, and I am shocked what is being left for me to do. I'm thinking, this isn't even a physical activity. Right. Like the first time I walk into the, the schools, I don't know. I walk into a gym. There's a couple other classes taking place. I don't know who's all my students. I, I pull up my whistle, hit a couple of blasts. I'm like, I am, uh, you know, I'm uh, substitute teacher, dad's over here right now, and I'm here for Mr. Smith or whoever. miss and I'm like, if you're part of Mr. Smith's class, get your, get your little pork chop bodies over here, and I'm like, <laughs> and I see people that are straggling, I'm like, and I blast a couple more times, so once I go, chop, chop, my little pork chops, I said, today, boom, that's like going, <laughs> and they're like going, and, and then literally then the teachers like, there's this, the other teachers are watching me like going, afterwards, they're all done because... It was the, probably the, the, the most activity i ever seen ever out of a class. Right. And, I, and they're like, going, how'd you do that? I go, well, the difference is here, I'm a sub. You need this job, and there's a possibility you could get fired. Right. i I'm not. Right. I'm not scared at all. They they're paying me for my day because who else is going to babysit these little turds? <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> you know? it doesn't hurt. That he's like damn. Yeah. You know, well, Dan yeah, but Sammerin, again, I was but former but UFC like yeah, legend, dude. I, I did have. I mean, re- that doesn't factor that into, into it at all. You imagine having this guy show up to your class? Doing I'd probably piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'd be like, <laughs> do they ever? Do they ever? Reckon, do they ever well, just well, recognize you or say, "Hey, were you a UFC guy?"
1: Well, I mean, when I started doing that, I mean, it was a when I was I, I was still substitute to teacher when I was actually starting to participate. Okay. So like I, like the very first time I ever did my very first sub, I kept thinking, you know what happened when you had your first sub. Yeah. And then you know, you, you what are you gonna do that day? Nothing. Right, It'll right. be like read this, this this few pages, answer this. That, that's what you're gonna do. Right. So I got out of the classroom early. I wrote my name up on the chalkboard, Mr. Sever. That's all I put. So I, I just sat there, and I'm waiting for it. As the class is filing in, I've seen all the young bucks that come in. They're, they're high-fiving each other, stuff like that, doing, they are going to do a squat today. Right. So as soon as the like second bell, bell rings, I slowly start to get up. I go, morning class, I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Severed. I said, if you have a hard time pronouncing Severed, you call me Mr. S or Coach, because I've been a coach most of my life. If you want to know more about me, you simply could go to a day. I went to chalkboard. You go to my website, thebeast.com. <laughs> <laughs> right? Every high school has got a, uh, uh, a little uh, computer lab. They're yep. so like, "Who's this guy? He's a UFC fighter. He's yeah. a professional wrestler. He's an amateur wrestler. He's like this, that, and they, Like as a day by by, by lunch time, it's all over the school. Yeah. the first. There the first go. brave soul, like a- after, you know, when they have two classes, he finally raises his hand. He's like, uh, you know, Mr. Stafford, uh, you're not allowed to lay hands upon us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, contraire. Right. There will be repercussions if I should lay hands upon you. So rest assured, if I should lay hands upon you, I'll make it worth my while. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Are you feeling lucky? You know, you
2: go with the Clint Eastwood liner at that point. Best behaved class all year, done, man. But
1: but but at the same token, I understand from their perspective because going to college, I have had some well, high school, college. I have, I've had some good teachers and I've had some, oh, terrible teachers. They should have never, they should have been working at the local mortuary because, you know, yeah. no one's going to complain about them there. Right. But I tried to learn from the good teachers. So yeah. as a sub, it, it was always read this, ask these questions. So I'm like going, no, we're going to, we're going to either succeed or fail as a group. So right. go right down the line. You read the first paragraph, second paragraph, all the way down, it come right that. So r- right after I make a check mark so I'm thinking, oh, wow, this 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 cat can't read. Make a little check mark right here so that you know wh- when it's all done is kinda like going like okay, you know, Jimmy, Tom, and I-, I need to see you three. Then I thought I have a quick little heart to heart. You need to learn to read. Yeah. Reading will open up the world to you. I right? so, so you can understand a lot of other things. But then you're gonna realize I've got the answer key there too. Right. So like the first time that we're we're doing like uh, you know answering these questions, I basically uh, who you know, whatever I I said I asked them a question and then uh, you know one of the kids gave the correct answer. I go you're wrong. It was this, and literally they're all devoted. They're they're looking at each other. I go what's wrong. Like, they like, they didn't know what to do. And I like go, and then finally, I'm like, well, what's wrong? You, you seem like you, you don't agree. And then finally, well, I get one brave soul. are like going, well, you're wrong. Well, why am I wrong? And, and they, they gave me a restaurant. I go, guess what? You're correct. It's okay to disagree with someone. Disagree with someone with some facts, some figures, some information behind it. And you at your young age, it's a long time, all you do is like, you're wrong because you're stupid and you're ugly. You know, I mean, like, there's, there's no rationale or stuff like that. Democrat. <laughs> but so, like the, no, that's a, you're a racist. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah, you're a racist. So, I was, I was big about, they <laughs> simply knew that when I came in, like, they actually, they're, they're excited when I came in because they know I came on because Mr. Severn's here today. So, he's like going, well, how is he going to trip us up today? It's like, going, they had to use their mind for the first time ever. They, they liked to have my class down. The next, the, the one hour class, fly right by.
2: That's awesome, yeah.
1: But that's the way how to teach. Yeah.
2: That's all. Don, are you a cat guy, man? Uh, yeah, I like what kind, of, cats. what kind of cat you got there, bud? Old. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: this this is Sandy. She's about 16, 17 years old now. Does she go outside? No. No.
1: You could see that your dog died between his dog, Quinn, and his cat, Sandy. here. Right? Right yes. There's there's two big
0: hawks that live um over in that big tree over there. Yeah. And sometimes the, they hang out in the tree right here, the two trees right here yeah. in my front door. And then there's a big old uh, antenna over there, so they circulate, you know, around there. And then when the hawks go to bed at night, a couple of big old owl yep. takes the perch up on that antenna. Yep. So, yeah, we've lost a lot of cats living here. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they had a great life until that happened, you know. Right, I mean, right. Most right. of the time you go down to the pound, oh, we won't, won't let you take a cat because you live out there. Oh, yeah, but what the fuck? They get, they're they going to have a fun life, you know, yeah. but better in life than they're going to have here in the pound. That's for sure. You know, it might be short, but it would be fun. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, it's like That's like right. people ask me, you know, hey, you're kind of banged up, you know. I mean, would you do it again? Hell yeah, I'd do it again. Right. I had a fun time.
2: You what's know? that What's that quote? All, all men die, some men never live, right? Right,
0: there
2: absolutely.
0: You go. There you
2: go. Absolutely. Man, I'll tell you what, I heard
0: you um, uh, on what, KNST?
2: Garrett Lewis, man. Garrett Lewis. Garrett Lewis.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, you charged me up that day. I was ready to run through the wall.
2: The there you man, go. You, That's you, what we need, you man. You had me charged. I was going to go down there and.
0: Put my name down as a candidate down <laughs> down there
2: in Southern Arizona. We'd be in a better spot. <laughs> We'd be in a better spot if this guy was running, man. No, and that's honestly what it's about to me. Like, um, I know I'm not the greatest candidate of all time. You but, but, you know, it's like um, we need, I think, so many good men and women they don't because they don't want to put themselves through the ringer, right. they and have their reputations gone after, and that you know just get into a nasty world. We don't. Well, I don't you know, have to worry about
0: that. My reputation's already shit. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
2: you know we we don't get good we don't get good people and good candidates, and uh, it's it's un, it's unfortunate. But again, I look at this as a voter, and even though it would make it more difficult, I actually wish in many ways that my race had. 10 solid candidates in it because that means that at the end of the day, the people win. We, yeah. the people win because we get a actual choice, but how many candidates right now? I mean, uh, there's probably, I think they're like, there's like four or five. I would say that there's, I would say there's three serious candidates on the Republican side. I would say that there's yeah. Two to three serious candidates. Some people would say there's two serious candidates. It, I guess it just comes down to your perspective, but, and then you have a Democrat, Named Tom O'Halloran, he's the guy that holds the seat, and he's held it for three terms. So, we're trying to toss him out because he's voting with Pelosi 98 percent of the time. Right. And you know he, you know that's,
0: it's pathetic.
2: It's just, yeah. I mean, it's the party of open borders. It's the party of inflation. It's the party of needles. It's the party,
0: use, it's it's the, it's a party of <laughs>
1: again. I would say, I wish Pelosi. I wish uh, this other guy. I, I wish. Their home backed right up to that border. I, I, I guarantee you if, if they, they would not be all for any, any of this. 100, if they, if they, if they 100%. 100%. Yeah. But because they're, they're away and uh, as much as Pelosi doesn't want to have, you know, the wall built up stuff like that. Why does she have a gate that around her estate?
2: Yeah. Rule, rules for thee, but not for me. That's, that's the elitist mentality. And, you know, they're not really looking out for the betterment of the country or for the people they're supposed to represent. But it's it's all self-interest. And it's 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 unfortunate, which, again, goes back to character. You know, if you don't have character, if you don't have a lineage and a history of doing the right thing, um, you're not going to you're not going to show up there and figure out how to do it. You're going to fall back on what you know and you're going to be as crooked and corrupt as the rest of them. And so. Um, you know that's what this is about, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, do you do you worry
0: about yourself falling into that category, getting up there? You know
2: what, Don, I really don't, man. And and I say that as a guy who will admit to you, man. My, you know, I'm I'm far from perfect. Far, far from perfect. I've said and done things that I'm not proud of. I've made Probably a lot of mistakes. Way, I've yeah. failed at a lot of things. But I'm really not because I'm 42 years old. I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. And I know that I'm a, I'm a Christian. My faith is really important to me. And I know right. that this life, this world isn't about me right. and knowing when you start from a foundation like that and a baseline like that, it makes it really easy to give others the credit. And sometimes, you know, just try and serve other people and, and better other people. And, and and that's what I'm really going into. And so I think about my legacy a lot. I don't don't know how much you guys end up, you know, thinking about your legacy, but I like to think about my funeral. I like to think about who's going to show up, who's not, what's going to be said about me, what's my legacy going to be. And if, you know, whether I, I don't really care if I, if I, if I go down or, you know, have a ton of money, but I really want people to say about me at the end of my life that Eli was a good dude. He loved this country. He loved people. um, And he tried to encourage and better, you know, better other people. And because that, those are my goals, um, you know, and just fighting for this country, I love that, you know, had to be fought for so we could be here today. Um, I'm really not too worried about it, man, because first of all, I don't want to be there necessarily in the first place. Um, secondly, I've already, you know, as a as an entrepreneur, I've already, you know, had I've already experienced a little bit of title. I've already experienced a little bit of money. And I know that those things don't bring you happiness or fulfillment anyway. Right. You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I think that making money is a bad thing. I, I I don't think it's a bad thing. I think when it comes down to, a lot of people demonize people that have been successful. And I think that money doesn't change who you are. It just amplifies who you already were. It exposes you. If, if you were a good human being and a generous human being and you come into money, that just means you're going to give more money away. If you were a turd, and you were broke, and then you come into money. You're just gonna be a more flamboyant turd who, who you know. And I, th- I see that all the time with you know celebrities and athletes. And but I also see people, you know, some of the best people I know are some of the wealthiest people I know, and they give and they give and they give and they give. And it's like, so I'm not, I'm not super worried about it, just because I know what I, I know what motivates me. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm not super worried about it. But it is something I do think about because I, I, you know, I, like I said, I'm flesh and blood. You know, I, I'm. I've done. I've done stupid stuff, um, and uh, it's something that I think that we all. We, we all need to be our biggest critic, and we all need to definitely watch out for um, getting tripped up by right. foolishness. Right. You know, where can
1: people go? I guess to uh, find out more about your campaign and, and to uh, know more about, uh, especially uh, Arizona.
2: Yeah, uh, they so. Yeah, if they, they want to go, check out uh, EliForArizona.com. That's our website. If you guys want to find me on social media, it's just Eli Crane underscore CEO. So I'm also a brand ambassador for Six Hour Firearms, so I love shooting. I love, you know, uh, getting out and... uh
1: well, you live in a r- the right state.
2: Playing, you know, yeah. shooting around a little bit. So I'd, I'd had my daughter out a couple weeks ago. We were shooting my uh, my six five Cross. Sig has a new... Uh, they call it the cross it's a hunting rifle uh slash precision rifle yeah. if we if i was a sniper in the seal teams if we would have had that rifle i would have carried it totally because really? it's super lightweight doesn't recoil a ton like a it's, Creedmore, it, yeah Creedmore. yes sir it's got a modular adjustable buttstock it's a phenomenal weapon and she was sh- you know shooting you know targets um and just you know having a good time but but yeah i like that job that's a cool cool gig you have uh, just one daughter or do you have other children? I have two. I have a fourteen year old and a ten year old. Okay, yep. He said that earlier
0: if you were listening. <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse me, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Fry, yeah. you know. You, your Whoa. memory your memory. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Even yeah. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, hey. part of the set has to be like a small octagon when these two get out of hand. They just go and work it out, you know. Yeah. Big plastic gloves. And <laughs> right. Big sumo suits, you know. there you go. <laughs> It's
1: not bad. We can't wear trunks anymore. We have to wear the yeah, pants. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Ooh,
2: yeah.
0: No, I'll tell you what, though. I was so fired up when I heard you that that day. Man. I think you're an amazing speaker. Around. Thank
2: you, brother. Well, it was cool because he called into the studio, and uh, and they hung uh, up on Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Ryan kind of runs the show for Garrett, and he's like, "Hey, Don Don Fry called, and he 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 wanted me to give you his number." I was like, "Don Fry," and he's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Dude, I know I know that guy. I used to watch him all the time." And uh, I was like, "Give give me his number." So he gave me his number. He checked it a couple times, and so I text this guy, and then never hear anything from him, and then. I don't uh, know, maybe a month. Dad's
1: not exactly technology right. savvy, uh, the
2: social media stuff. Uh, drums. He's not real socially. Yeah. Then, like a month and a half later, he, he shows up. I'm speaking down at the Fire Truck Brewing Company down the road, and he shows up, and I'm like, "Holy, holy, holy shit, dude! It's Don Fry, man!" And he had uh, Quinn with him. I got to talk to this guy, man. So but he picks my wallet.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> right. Navy Seal. Navy <laughs> right. Seal pickpocket. Right. Right. <laughs> perfect. Perfect pin. You know? <laughs> nah, but
2: that that's just cool, man. And, and I think one of the coolest thing is that you're still engaged because, you know, I, I realize that man, it's like at some point it gets, it gets easy to quit fighting. It gets easy to just tune out. Okay. You know, you get tired, you get, you just, you know, it's like, but I, I love seeing, I love seeing citizens. And I use that word strongly that like, understand that you can't just check out and you've got to continue to give back. Like you're teaching, you know, Dan, you're teaching kids, you know, what, what's important. And, you know, it's like, um, and you guys are doing this podcast and, and to me, that's, you guys are engaging in the fight still, because this is a lot. I I talked about culture a second ago. Politics is one vertical of culture um, and, and media is a big part of it too. And you guys are engaging in that and because of your platforms and who you guys are, and we're, you know, people will li- tune in and listen for 30 seconds. What's... Yeah, at what's, least. I mean, yeah. I say that you only get a certain time to actually to hook them in. Whether, exactly. Whether they
1: like you or they hate you or something e- like that. Exactly. That's where... Uh Don and I really don't have no future politics because we're kind of like a couple of blunt, crusty old farts right there that, uh, <laughs> you know,
2: don't have...
0: Don't we're have like the old men in, in the uh, Muppet show, you know, the old men that yeah. sit up and... Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, it was funny because I went into... When I first started going down this uh, path, I went in... Uh, one of the first things I, they had me do was go to D.C. so I could meet, like, people that are in leadership positions in politics, and uh, one of the one of the top leaders in uh, on the Republican side of the house, he took one look at me and he's like, Hey, you got to shave your, you got to shave your beard. And he's like, because he said you'll lose two to three percentage points because people in America, when they see you with facial hair, they see it as on, you know, you're hiding something. (laughs) And I was just like looking at you guys and your mustaches. I'm like, nah, you guys, your mustaches are too awesome to be in politics and I don't think you guys are shaving. (laughs) And I'm definitely not shaving (laughs) either. So well, we'll see what happens, but. Well, yeah, that's that's the new look nowadays, right? It is. Man. Everybody's it's got it, a beard. That's and, right. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, look at uh, each year when it hits uh, November, aka Movember when Mo- people are growing beards and mustaches. That's and right. For the, you know, first time or whatever. So that's right. That's right.
0: So, you were deployed how many times?
2: 30? I I did five deployments. I did uh, three with SEAL Team Three. Because when I went through SEAL training the first time, I didn't make it through SEAL training. So I had to go out to the fleet for two and a half years. And uh, then I got the opportunity to come back and go through, but they call it BUDS, Basic Underwater yeah. Demolition SEAL. I came back, did it again. And uh, by that time, I had already done two deployments in what we call the fleet. So I was on an Aegis Missile Cruiser. Both of my cruises were uh, post-9-11. One was a, a gol- what we call a Gulf cruise. Um, which was right there in the Persian Gulf. And we had a bunch of uh, Tomahawk missiles on our ship. So, you know, we were standing by ready to, you know, fire those off if needed. And then um, came back and then I did went through SEAL training and then I went to uh, SEAL Team 3 and I deployed to Iraq three times in 06, 08, and 2010. How many, how many months was you deployed? Um, the first one was a quick one because I joined uh, – the platoon that I ended up in, I joined them halfway. They were already there by the time I graduated, so I was just a brand new guy that right. showed up to you know help any way I could. So that was a three monther, and then the other two, the other two following that were six months. Mm.
0: Yep. How they treat you when you got there first time?
2: You know, the first time was actually pretty decent, and most of that just depends on uh, the group that you're with, because it's usually the group that you're with is between twenty and forty guys. That group was pretty, uh, pretty good. As long as you didn't screw up, you know, they, they didn't mess with you too much. You, had all, you, did all the, you did all the shitty jobs, right, the right. new guy jobs. Um, and then uh, the second platoon was we got treated like crap. Uh, if that, you guys have seen that movie American Sniper with Chris Kyle. Have you yeah. seen that? Okay. So Chris was my boss from 2006 to 2008. So when I was working for him, we, we paid the man. You know, we, we took heavies, but you know, it, it it is what it is. I mean, uh, I definitely see some, you know, anytime, anytime you're in an environment like that, there's definitely, uh, pros and cons to it, but you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right.
0: Now, let me, I'm going to jump way off, way off here, man. Uh Oh, I saw your wife. Your wife's fucking beautiful. Now, um, when I saw (laughs) O'Neal, Yeah. His, his wife's gorgeous. Yeah. You got these groupies. You, you have groupies that follow, you know. I mean, well, well, how do you guys, how do you guys, yeah? Look at you, for God's sake. I know, how look at you, dude. You, I, you, got, I how mean, you
3: blow, I, de-
2: that. I definitely, what? I know, dude. This guy. Whoa. Dude, hey, dude, I, you're on your own here, Dodd. I, I mean, you I man, married, I thought, he married I, up. I, he married I thought we up. were friends, man. but. I, I got <laughs> your back here on a bunch of things, but you're on your own on this one. No. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, It's probably a lot like fighters, you know? I think that, um, and you guys have a show called Toxic Masculinity, but I think that um, there is something to be said for, you know, uh, guys that have confidence. And that's one of, I know that, you know, just, I know that's one of the, you know, top things that a lot of, like a lot of women look for. And and, and there's a lot of other things as well, but um, I've noticed that, I've noticed, you know, when when you're when you're in a high performance group like that, that tends to be how you know things play out. Well, you
1: feed off of each other. I mean, but you when you're with a whole group of a bid like that, to I mean, be just take, kind of feed off of each other. And, and that I mean that's one thing I love about the military is just like uh, yeah. whatever is one, one person's weakness is, someone else's strength. That you have to you have to succeed as a unit. You right. Know? So you're gonna help everyone rise
2: up. And 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 you know f- for me, you know, it's like uh, go I think a lot of it is, you know, personal standard. Like, I, I didn't I didn't want to be a conventional, you know, a conventional soldier. I wanted to be the best of the best. I, I wanted to be a SEAL. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to marry a beautiful girl. And it just so happens that my wife is, you know, my best friend, and she's been—
1: Yeah, see, Dad, I
2: don't look at that
1: as a really lofty goal. I think most men would like to marry yeah, a beautiful girl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you
0: absolutely. Know? Yeah, no, a, they're, they're, not, they're, most men are able to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Now my wife is she's awesome, man. She uh, like I said um we have a we have a uh, 95% divorce rate in the SEAL teams and so the fact that you know wow. we, we you know we did uh um you know three deployments together you know, and uh, I Grace. thought
1: professional wrestling was bad for, for the odds because we will be are on the road so much. It's kind of right. like Mary just had to take the professional, but I think 95 is actually worse.
2: Yeah. Worse yeah. Yet. yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is, it is what it is, but I definitely feel blessed. And that's what I was saying too, that this is one of the reasons I feel like I can actually even do something like this, run for Congress because my wife is so, so strong and we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot together and you know, uh, I, I know a lot of, I think there's, you know, I think there I know, I know several men in the community that I that I think would be phenomenal politicians, phenomenal congressmen. Um, but well, you thank know, you, I appreciate. Well and Don, Don, clearly, I was talking about Don, but yeah. Um, but they're they're not in a place in their life or maybe in their marriage where they can where they can do it. And so, um, you know, it, it. I am, and so we're gonna give it a shot and see see what happens.
0: It's great, man.
2: Yeah,
1: it's the American way yeah absolutely
0: I mean I'm I'm humbled in your presence and I'm ashamed in your presence because you know 2001 I was thinking about myself and my family and you know how I can I can compete more and make more money you know and you you did what I should have done my biggest shame is never serving in the military you know
3: and
1: yeah. Actually Don and I have talked about a couple yeah. of times because time, time, you know it'd be as much as we get you know get this uh, uh podcast talk called Toxic Masculation stuff like that. And I, even before we even went on air, I I, yeah, I was telling you before that a lot of people think I'm Military or uh, law enforcement background because I got that Dougie Do Right chin, have the mustache, and the way I'm, I'm organized and structured and stuff like that. But that's kind of like oh no, I was born raised on a farm, and uh, there were certain days that uh, you just knew that there's a format that you got to take care of your animals stuff like that before you got taken care of, and you can better do that before you jump on the bus. So, but uh, I mean, I actually was looking at uh, in high school, upon high school graduation, how am I going to go to go to college? I kept thinking, well couple of my fellow teammates, they had older siblings that upon high school graduation, they went into the military. Yep, And then came out and they went to college on the GI Bill. So my first thought is, this is what I'll do. But by my, by my sophomore year, it's like, going, i got some college coaches going, like, let's look at option number two. Can we get a, possibly get a scholarship out of this in the process? So that's, again, like Don said, I, I think that that's something that literally almost all... America's really should do about high school graduation for at least one to two years, they should go in there to understand. That's all part of that, that constitution to understand, uh, you know, Amer- America's freedom is not free.
2: Yeah. I think this would be a much different country if that oh. was the case. Hand, not even a question, hands down. Uh, the, the, the downside to it is, you know, and I think the, uh, we saw this during Vietnam when we had a draft is when, the downside to that is is that you get people in there that have an attitude cuz they they don't want to be there. Right. And so it's a, there's a double-edged sword that comes along with it. When you have an all volunteer force, you can tell guys, "Hey, you chose to be here. I don't want to hear it. Right. Lock it up, go do your job. You chose to be here." So I you know there's I think there's pros and cons, but I think America would be much better as a whole if that was the case.
0: Well, you end up training uh the Bloods and the Crips, you know, and and gangsters. That,
2: that's another. Yeah, that's another. Th- that's another downside to yeah. do that. Yeah, so you teach them how to see. handle guns. Hey, Quinn, we're trying to have a podcast <laughs> over here. Uh, yeah, I Lord, <laughs> that's what I love she about Bulldog. For, for for being a lady, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah.
1: got a few. Queen, uh, yeah. Oh my she, God, she, she could store up a storm. Well, know. okay, let me ask you this here about the, okay, our military is changing a lot. Yeah. With this new administration, uh, people are leaving. Oh, people are uh, people are being fired. Yeah. What do
2: What are your thoughts on this?
0: And then you then you have them teaching what uh, critical race theory. And yeah, and you in, do. Uh, military. My right? little,
2: my younger brother. I always say my little brother he's not little anymore. He, uh, I want to say, I want to say he's like a major in the Marine Corps. Wow. he's a he's a reservist now but he he was active he went to the naval academy then he was active duty for many years and um uh, now he's an attorney down in to t- in uh new orleans um but he also he's still a reservist he told me uh, several last year actually he um his commander somebody left and so he had to assume the duties and one of one of one of the jobs that he had to do while the commander or whatever was gone was he had to teach this garbage critical race theory and just he 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 just had to put out the curriculum and he said the guy that got the most pissed off about it in in you know in that in their squadron was a black guy yeah he he knew it was garbage yeah. and it just you know um it, that's what this is what happens when you know we have we have marxists leftists and communists that have infiltrated Every major institution that we have, right? Those um, in the fucking White House. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's in academia now. It's in the military now. It's in the Department of Justice now. And it, I mean, it is a cancer. And this is why I think you know people are realizing that. Um, I think this is one of the reasons you're seeing so many veterans, r- you know, running to what I call the sound of political gunfire, just because we know that. If we don't, if we don't jump into this mix quickly, it's going to be unrecognizable. And we will be, we will go the way of most empires that have just imploded from within. And and I think that's what these folks want. And stay with me for a second, because here's the deal, guys. Nobody is going to vote for a change from capitalism and freedom um, and the government and the constitution that we've had when things are going hunky-dory, everything's great. Unemployment is down. GDP is up. You know, they have to create chaos. They have to create chaos, corruption. um, uh, And that's exactly what they've done. And if they can convince you that it's broken and that it was never good in the first place, it's a racist country. That's what you hear them say all the time. It's a racist, you know, misogynistic country then they can possibly convince folks to change it. And that's what ultimately what they want. They want to break it so that they can bring in something that this, you know, socialist, so socialistic, tyrannical government and, and country that they've always wanted. And it's, it's unfortunate. And I know it's hard for people to even go there in their minds because, you know, most people don't believe, I, I don't think that most people realize how evil. So, you know, folks are and what they're capable right. of doing but then again they haven't they haven't been on battlefields overseas a lot of these kids are too young to really think about like the holocaust or what men have done for power in in, in the past well
0: that's that's why I, I my theory is that's why they waited until all the war World war ii vets were died off and then now they're making the push
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think they've been working on it for a long time, but I think that to your point, Don, it might be one of the reasons they've been so successful because a lot of our, you know, my grandfather was in world war II, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of them wouldn't have, wouldn't have stood for this. And when they were around, you know, they, at least they were voices of wisdom and discernment and they, you know, they could be watchmen on the wall telling us, don't do that. I've seen it before. Don't do that. This is where it leads. And now you have so you have, I think I saw a study recently that 58 percent of kids coming out of college now think that socialism is a good idea.
0: Right. That's yeah. a huge problem. Or do they even teach about the Holocaust anymore?
2: I honestly i I don't know, but i I know that I know that my kids learn about that stuff, but then they go to a a private Christian school, right. and so not everybody private not schools every, not private everybody's schools getting are that.
1: Totally different than that public school. No, right. no, you're right. Way
2: way way better education. you're right, and that's what I. That's what I want for my kids, you know, and I, I feel, I feel bad that, you know, not every, not everybody gets that. Not every kid gets that because, um, you know, a lot of these kids are just getting indoctrinated and it's, you know, you see the product that comes out of it. We, we talked, again, I don't mean to
1: interrupt you, Eli, but uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think we were actually off the air at time. We talked about, you know, like vacation. I said that every state's got something beautiful uh, to, uh, to see ab- ab- about it. And and I always say that every high school or or college uh, student really should go to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, I mean, each of my my children have taken different uh, road trips from hell with Dad. Right. Because I want them to understand what Dad does is not all that easy to get up and drive, you know, for 40-some-odd hours just to go to, into a place just to wash my face, run a razor my my face, then, then switch up from driving clothes to teaching clothes and walk out on the mat, then teach for the next three, four hours, you right. know, and, 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 and then finally go crash out of a hotel. But all my kids have gone to Washington, D.C. with me because yeah. I want them to see the various different monuments. They see it on TV all the time, but right. go there and see all the, some of these different cool museums. yeah. And But then go over to Arlington Cemetery. And when you stand there and you no matter what direction you look and you see how uniform these crosses all are, but know that there's a body there. Yeah. And then you watch the changing of the guard, yeah. of the tomb of the unknown soldier. What a solemn occasion. Right. But then you go to the various memorials to where... Well, of uh, the Vietnam Memorial and then these other memorials that are there, that, that with one sweep of the hand across all this marble, how many fifty how many 000. thousand people just died? I think from was, that one I
2: think sweep. Vietnam was fifty, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Vietnam is not when You freedom. get it when you get to see that it, it does it does make you know things hit home no, a little. And
1: that's what I, I I I'm here for to say that I'm, I'm big about education the right way, not the propaganda way, and that's why I don't like all the bullshit that people are spewing left to right. To me, it's like there's, there's everyone's got to be accountable for what comes out of the mouth. Yeah. And we got so much bullshit that is coming out. You know, it's, I'll regale you with the story here. I, I think Mr. Fry's heard this once before when I was a youngster. Oh, I, I you remember with, it <laughs> way <laughs> back then. No, that was my pet, my dinosaur Dino. No, oh. but, uh, I I went with my father and my grandfather to an auction. Okay. And as we're at the auction, we're, 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 we're kind of walk around and see all these cool. Yes, you know, there's tractors and all this other kind of stuff. And basically, we come across. Uh, I I wasn't sure what the name was. Well, my my father says what's well, a but but spreader. <laughs> and my grandfather says, "No, son, that's called the politician. <laughs> it just spews shit." Yep. And I, I still remember that all these decades later that grandpa, me, my, my grandfather, was an uneducated man. I mean, he, when he, I remember going with him to the, the granary and where he could not read or write. He actually had to make his mark in the ledger. But right. the man had a genius of a mind that could put things together and things of that nature. And I always remember he wore his bim over halls, had that pouch of red bad chew. It always had that chew in there. My father. Copenhagen, me, neither one.
2: <laughs> were either of them uh, wrestlers?
1: Uh, no, 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 because uh, wrestling did not, uh, but my father was an athlete, a football player, a basketball player, but but his school did not have wrestling at, you know, at, at that time because even my father, I, I have four of the brothers. So the five of us went to college on full a, uh, full athlete scholarships. And my father was, you know, even when, when my older brother and I were, we were doing well, he's like going, are 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 these guys just that, that bad that you guys are pitted to all these people? <laughs> and then my, my father's like going he goes, he goes, he goes, You 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 keep doing this thing like a Kratos stuff like that. He goes, show that to me. And then all of a sudden I, I start to show it and I'm just starting to apply just a little bit. My dad's like, Get the hell off of me. He goes, hey, you're about to hurt me. He goes, I'll kick your ass. You know what I mean? Again, that that's father I'm like going, I'm, I'm about to have the wrath of dad come down upon me.
2: There you go. But that go. was
1: always always tell people that early in the morning, you know, we had a, we had a two story house and, and uh, uh, all my siblings and I we had different bedrooms upstairs, and uh, my father we always we always do the three of threes. The first time dad yelled up the stairs, we're okay, okay dad, yeah we're we're up and we just stick a foot foot off. The bed, they're just left to with the thump, thump it a couple of times. Well, it sounds like we're moving around. We're, we're still in bed. <laughs> Dad yells that second time, oh, you're moving. Never let him get the number three because you come up number three, he's going to kick your ass. Right. There's this repercussion. Again, but there's repercussions. Yep. There's no repercussions yep. to people that they can get away and say anything they want. And that's, I think,
2: what's wrong is. You guys, you guys will get a kick out of this, but my second to last job in the Navy was. Uh, I was in a shop called the NSW Naval Special Warfare RD Recruiting Directorate. And I was, we didn't recruit, you didn't recruit SEALs. Cause if you have to talk somebody into that, they'll be gone right. so quick. But you, we did, we did start trying to raise awareness around the country and so that we could get more candidates, a better candidate to show up to training and maybe bump the attrition numbers up. Um, but one one of the things that NSW did is they did a Gallup survey um, before I got to that shop and, and they spent like a, you know, they spent a good amount of money doing the survey and they, they just interviewed candidates who had made it candidates who didn't make it and they compiled all this data and their survey came to con- some conclusions that certain athletes were doing better in our training. So the, They found that uh, water polo players were doing the best, swimmers, then wrestlers, and then like seven. There was seven sports that we targeted, and so we started sending what we called uh, scouts, NSW scouts, all around the country. And uh, one, like one of the things that I would do is I would go around the country and like I would go to a wrestling tournament. Mm And, you know, we would we wouldn't try and talk the kids into it would be just like, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm a Navy SEAL. We'd show them a video. If they had time, we'd have them run a SEAL screen test. And then we'd give them a, you know, like a flyer or and we'd just leave. And if they if they pursued it, then those, you know, then, you know, those were the type of candidates we wanted. But it was just interesting to me because I I never wrestled. But I remember going to a couple uh, wrestling tournaments. I went to one in Minnesota. What was the Minnesota's coach name was his name
1: jay robinson was yeah i went to jay
2: robinson's the yeah. wrestling camp man those kids were getting oh, wow. after you it you went to a jay robinson camp i did yeah, yeah, yeah they, jay used to be a sister coach
1: at iowa university with dad gable and Dad went without went the minnesota
2: yeah but i just i found it fascinating you know because i know that was where you guys came from and uh watching those kids just man they they were just beating the snot out of each other like it was it was regimented and it made total sense why a lot of wrestlers were doing well in does, SEAL training. Does Navy,
1: uh, the, uh, the, through the SEAL training, but do they, like, like RB has, like, an ROTC program that they, they do through, is it through high schools? At, at,
2: college. Oh, yeah. col- college. Yep. Level.
1: Th- does uh, does uh, Navy have the same date?
2: So ROTC is kind of like a, it's a feeder. Like, if you go to college, you can go to our ROTC program, and uh, you can get your degree and also start working towards, um, you know, get, Going into the military as an officer, so you can do that ROTC for the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, oh, okay. Air Force. Yeah. All right. Obviously, you could tell I was not involved
1: in that as well. No, I can okay. tell. Yeah. yeah.
0: The same thing when you if you go to um, fuck me. No. Oh God! I am not
2: going to kick my head. God dang it!
1: one of those senior bobas here right now yeah, you know yeah,
2: if yeah. he would have just taken that guy down instead of just absorbed, yeah i know, <laughs> I know, I know that. that's called takiyama right yeah that's a takiyama <laughs> moment. Yeah. <That's> <laughs> moment right there dude. now what, what's
0: what's the army what's the army um college west point yep now you can go to west point and graduate and go into any any branch you want right
2: i don't think so. I, you might be able to i know in the naval academy because marines are part of the navy, you can go marine or. Okay. My little brother actually graduated from the naval academy and became a marine officer, and then okay. flew helos for the marine corps. So, uh, I think you can do some lateral transfers. I'm not sure how hard it is to do it, but I, I think it's possible. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah ex- okay. I had it all bounced around. Never mind. <laughs> Pretend <laughs> I didn't say that. Cut that whole thing from.
1: Uh... <laughs> right. All right,
0: Dan, go ahead and fuck it up some more.
1: Uh, no, no, let's go right back again because I, I mm-hmm. several times throughout through the course of this broadcast, I want again people if they want to support you, especially Arizona residents that have the ability to vote for you, yep. stuff like that. I want them to find out more information about
2: you. Where can they? No, they if, can
0: vote for you anywhere in the state, right?
2: Nope they can't oh. so only uh, o- we just had a redistricting cycle so only people in uh, what's called CD2 congressional district 2 can vote for me. So um, That's that they, yeah, but if they want if they want to go learn more about me they can go to Eli for arizona.com they can see our you know our campaign and you know learn what they want to learn about the campaign and me and my policy positions and all of that stuff. Okay great.
1: Well, I mean, how much of aggressively do you have to go out and be at all these different places within your, in that, that greater community? I mean, did you have to go someplace practically every day or every uh, every weekend or?
2: Yeah, it's, I would say it's probably three to four events a week. Like yesterday, I was up in Payson, Arizona. And so, That's you know. That's part of your district then? Yep. I was doing. Yeah, this is a it's it's the biggest district in the country. It's huge, guys. It's yeah, almost we, we talk about earlier, it's almost fifty five percent of the state, I believe. It's it's wow. and it's mostly rural rural areas, but it's a you know it's a it's a real big district. I'm on the road a lot, and a lot of it too depends on how hard do you want to hustle, like anything else. Like how wow. you know what can you get to? Because I still have kids, I still have a business, you know. But you know we. We, we try and we're trying to put our best foot forward and really. Well, thanks, forward.
0: thanks for your time
2: here. Buddy. Yeah, no, that, no, that, that no, that's absolutely. Really I was, I was grateful, man. Well, even, uh, even the last two years
1: though, the last two years because of COVID and that it's, it showed you how important zoom meetings are. And uh, you can address a lot more people through zoom to do, to do a lot of zoom meetings on top of that.
2: Um, we've done, we've done like uh we've done one zoom call uh, with, you know, just supporters and stuff like that. But a lot of what we've done is face to face and then, um, you know, just getting out to events. Typically when, uh, you know, Republican groups get together, a lot of times they'll invite a speaker or a candidate to come. We'll, we'll, we go to those all the time, and sometimes they'll give you 10 minutes to talk about your campaign, what you're all about, what your history is, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're doing everything that we can to get our, our name out there so that when people show up to the ballot box, they know who Eli Crane is, and maybe they'll cast a vote for us. Now, when you they donate,
0: uh, does it have to be a check? Could it be cash? It be
2: so, yeah, the uh, checks, because there's a lot of campaign finance law, so they want to be it. able to trace the money. So it's got to be either a check um, or the easiest way to do it is actually uh, you can do it online. So that's the easiest way to do it. I know a lot of people are skeptical of the, you know, online payment and stuff, but, you know, that that money does come to us and if you go to our website. And so, you know, that's – and it, it's unfortunate dan you were talking about this a second ago that that it is such a big a big deal but in a especially in a geographical district the size that we have the only way for i can go to as many meetings as i want but at the end of the day it's all it's going to come down to me being able to raise the money so that i can run the television ads run the digital ads run send out mailers to people's mailbox so that they show up to, you know, a, a polling site and actually know who Eli Crane is, what his platform is and why I might vote for him. And so it is expensive to do all that stuff. And so that's, you know, that's why candidates are always trying to fundraise.
1: Yeah, no, I get That's why I, I, I get it. I just, I just wish. I know. I understand. You know, term limits, but that ceilings, because I, I just look at the, the gross billions and billions of dollars that are wasted.
2: Yeah. And it it is too. It's, it's, because of this, because of the system, you know, it does oftentimes. Um, it's it's not always a fair playing field. You could have a candidate that's actually a better candidate that you know, ha, you know, has people just don't know about policies him because he's, he's not, closer to you. You know where you're at, and you're not going to know about him because he can't get out there. And you know, and I've heard other people complain about it and say Hey, it boils down to a popularity contest. I think there is something to be said for that. And some truth in that. I'm just playing the game in front of me. I know what I know what the rules are. I know know what I have to do. And I'm just gonna try and play the game the best I can so that at the end of the day I can get it get a seat, get a vote, make a difference, and hopefully help turn this thing back around.
0: All right, so you're America first. Yes, sir. All right, give us your top five um positions since we're running out of time here.
2: Right. So um First of Please. all, <laughs> like I said, election integrity is n- my number one thing because I just see that as I look at this as what kills us first. If we don't get our election straightened out, to me, we the people will never elect our candidates ever again because unfortunately there is the intent out there. There are people that care so much. They're, they're, they're willing to do anything for power. I'll,
1: I'll, 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 I'll Okay. You, you said that lie there several times. We the people. That is the very first line of the American Constitution. Yep, and that's why I, I want I want our listeners to understand that that uh, that it, it's not us and you It's no. It starts off we the people.
2: Yeah, and, and so, a lot of
1: people don't understand that.
2: Right. No. It, and and like I said, it, it does boil down to you know who has the power. Is it is it still us? Do we still get a rep? Do we still have representatives that we elect or are our elections so canned and in the tank and so corrupted that, you know, um, we no longer get to elect our elected officials? So that's number one. The border is number two. I think if we don't shore up that southern border and we don't have, you know, borders, not only do you have terrorism coming over that Southern border. You have crime, you have gang members coming over that Southern border. You have sex trafficking coming over that Southern border. Um, and it's just, it's just atrocious. Every country in the world deserves to be able to have its own sovereignty. The United States of America is no different. So I would say that's number two. Then fiscal responsibility is number three on my list. And just, um, and that's why I think it's important. Like we mentioned to send business owners to Washington because We can't just print money. Mm -hmm. You know, we're used to having to uh, spend the money that we have and uh, our clearly Washington and our congressmen and women, our senators, and even the executive branch, you know, have no fiscal responsibility. There's no accountability. um, And that's why we're over $30 trillion in debt, and that just keeps ticking higher and higher and higher with no... Planned I mean, yeah, No plan say, to just pay interest, for it at all. just rate low. Just gonna keep it, take it, escalate it out of, out of reach. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And then I'm also, you know, I'm I'm pretty big on China. I think that a lot of people have been sleeping on China. I think we need to be very uh, tough on China. Um, and I also think that we need to. I, I love what President Trump was doing, yeah. uh, being tough with China and levelling tariffs, even though that has you know it definitely there's good things to it there's also some tough things about it and that it does affect our economy sometimes it does affect some business owners i was one of them we got we got hit with one of our products um when tariffs started being applied but if you don't if if we don't have um there's a difference between free trade and fair trade and we we have i want to have free trade with people but the trade needs to be fair we can't be having these deficits with other countries in trade of like 400 million, you know, $400 million annually. We have to make sure that not only do we have free trade, but the trade needs to be fair as well. And so, you know, that's, those are a couple of the key issues that, you know, I want to work on. I also want to do anything and everything I can to keep this radical leftist communist Marxist agenda, um, you know, away from our kids, academia and our other big institutions, um, how we go about doing that, we're going to have to be creative. Um, but you know, those are definitely some of the things that I'm, I'm most fired up about and want to, want to address if I get the opportunity.
0: All right. Now you get elected. How often <laughs> will you come back to Arizona?
2: So you, I'll, co- I'll be coming back almost, almost every weekend. Cause this is where my family right, right. And, you know, part of being a Congressman is yep. you, you represent in Washington, DC, but you still got to go around I'm going to have to be traveling around the biggest district in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be here all the time.
0: Okay. Very good. good. Heads on.
2: Yeah.
0: All righty. You want to close? You want anything else?
1: No,
2: sir. I'm good.
1: I'm good, man. One last time about your website or how people uh,
2: could know. Yep. It's just EliForArizona.com if you guys want to come check it out. And uh, we we appreciate it. But I appreciate you guys. And just – entertaining yeah, I, me when I was a kid and you know also <laughs> encouraging me to go do something go do something awesome
0: I think you it's know fantastic and
2: I'm gonna say this too and I because you guys if you don't hear it enough I want you to hear it from me I appreciate the fact that you guys are still engaged I I've said it once I wanted to say it again too many guys like you that others look up to check out they just check out and it's all about me 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 my my life my retirement you know I've done my time but the we need, we need, el- you know, older guys that have been there, done that, that people look up to that don't check out and continue to impart wisdom and experience to the rest of us. You said something earlier. Uh, I mean, I think Don asked you a question there, and it came out to what
1: do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, legacy. All right, so, again, your, your legacy. So that's where we're just trying to make a difference. Yep. Our whole thing is, you know, make people think and make it a difference. You know? whatever it is. I mean, it's uh, yeah, like the teaching aid. I enjoy doing the teaching aid, and I've in a lot of, kinds of different sectors, but it's all boils down to being able to connect with people, no matter what the subject matter is, but uh, making that difference. And that's what we're trying to do here on this podcast. Cause when people first were here that, you know, that Don and I are doing a podcast, they think we're just going to talk about the fighting game. Oh, I'm sure. We'll, we'll talk about certain aspects of it, but it's kind of like going, we're two true Americans. Yeah. And we simply, you know, we've seen what has changed already in, in our lifetimes right now and some stuff for the good, a lot of stuff not for the good. So we're just trying to make people aware. But then, you know, there's all kinds of other aspects that we want to bring into. We don't want to be known as a, a one-trick pony just only in this one industry. You know, be a little bit of a of a variety show. We'll get uh, <laughs> to do a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're big time about being... Americans and being all about America, because yeah. this is the greatest country in the
2: world. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, this sure as hell isn't a beauty contest going on. <laughs> <laughs> you hear Can no, you that Quinn? I wasn't talking funny. about <laughs> Quinn, man. I wasn't okay. talking about Quinn. <laughs> all right, Not the beautiful Quinn. Okay. All right. Well,
1: what? I think that concludes another episode of Toxic Masculinity. Hope hopefully you were entertained. If some of you thought that we stepped over the line, well. That is our prerogative, and uh, you know some of you just need to put on your man pants, and uh, maybe you just, uh, you know, uh, have to deal with the, the the two two guys here that simply identified as all uh, uh, white men that identify as true Americans with the can do spirit, That's you right. know. So, and there you have it, ta da!
2: Thank Thank you, sir. Thank Thank you, you, fellas. Thank
0: you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic
3: Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.